Welcome, everybody, to the Chinchilla Pickin' Podcast. It is December the 7th, 2021, a day that will live in infamy of the world forever, Pearl Harbor Day. Uh, as always, we hope to be entertaining and educational and uplifting because we want everyone to make money. My name is David Underwood. I am here with Brandon Beaver and our special guest, Mark Stanelli. Guys, how are you doing this Pearl Harbor Day? Uh, awesome. It's a terrific Tuesday. I'm good. Yep. Yep. I, as you know, I, on Pearl Harbor, I like people to remember what happened. You know, like like America was divided on whether or not to go into. I'm sorry, war. Dave. I'm not as old as you. I can't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Uh. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, <laughs> that was a, that's actually a really good one. I like that, Brandon. <laughs> Best one yet from Brandon. Um, <laughs> Feeling frisky, huh? <laughs> right off the bat, we're we're lit up here. I think um, it's awesome that you remember it because yeah. you think about how old that greatest generation is. They're in their what mid nineties now, and they're oh, yeah. just well, one of our good friends just recently yep. passed away. Mark and I had a very good friend who was in the uh, uh, in the Battle of the Bulge who just passed away, like uh, I think about a month ago. He'd have been ninety seven this month. Yep. Oh, Yes, yeah, he was great an guy. Awesome, awesome, great guy. Yes. Can't say enough about. Love the man. And, and today's a day to remember that that when uh, when Pearl Harbor was attacked, uh, America was no longer divided. We we all agreed with one accord to enter uh, the war and, and start helping out. Uh, but it, you know, I, I bring it up just to bring it up. Nothing more than that. You know, we don't need to delve in it. Today's about uh, stocks, man. And you know, we're here. We all want to have some fun and make some money, right? Um, I know, guys, uh, don't forget, if you want to see Brandon and I live, we'll be down at the Jingle Bell Run in Northern Kentucky this Saturday, December 11th, participating for Arthritis Foundation. If you're down there and you see Brandon and I wearing our chinchilla picking T-shirts, come up to us, say you listen to the show, you're a fan of the show, we'll, we'll answer questions, uh, help you out, what have you. Uh, we will have a small chinchilla uh, picking team there running in the event as well, so feel free to... Just run up to Brandon and give him a big old hug if you see him. He will enjoy that tremendously. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, so, to, yeah, he has nothing to say. We got Brandon speechless. I think that's the first time we've got him speechless ever. That's hilarious. That is nice. I love it. Now I know how to get him quiet. Um, <laughs> give him a hug. Right? All right, guys. Uh, so the rules, rules, rules. How we do the rules on the show is Brandon and I, and now Mark today, um, we tell each other what we're going to talk about before the show. We do not discuss it. You hear the live discussion here on the show. Today's going to be a little different. I teased this on our Instagram. I say about two weeks ago, I teased it that we were going to have Mark on the show and we were going to have him talk about kind of this experiment we did. I don't know what you would call it, Mark. I'll, say, I'll call it an experiment, if you will. I, I agree with you. Yeah, I'd say a. An experiment, yeah. Yeah, so let's, let's give some detail to this. This this start off, it was meant to be a competition, and then it, the competition never really fully evolved. And so it turned into this, Brandon and I, and we, we, we decided to help Mark and give him stock tips through via text messages as best as we could for a three-month period. So we started in, what was it, uh, September? Uh, yes. September 1st, all the way through, um, December 1st. And we started, uh, text messaging stocks, when to buy, how much to buy, what to buy, that kind of thing. And we, we did it, we did it daily. So, uh, 
Mark, let's start with you. Let's uh, let's not. Let's, Brandon and I do enough talking on this show. Let's start with you, man. What? How do you think about it? What, what are some pros and cons? What are some results of it? You know, what's some, what's some feedback? Well, we had a, a, a lot of really good results. We did 31 trades, and you gentlemen had 26 wins and five losses. Uh, yeah, and, and that, that Brandon, that is horrible. Why did we? Why do we have five losses? <laughs> I yeah. Uh, now the worst one. That was my call. I, I will take the heat for a, that. A fourteen percenter was uh die die. DD. DD die die, however you want to pronounce it. Yep. Uh but other than that, we recouped that back quickly. That it was like the next week, I Within think. Within the was. next week, yes. Yeah, because we had a big gain on something. We had eleven well back on DD. We had eleven percent <laughs> gainer. And then not only that, the we made three trades in between. And we actually gained an extra four percent. So we actually, within that two week period, came out with fifteen percent. So it came up one percent on it. So that was pretty awesome. Um, but the average looks like to be about three, three, four percent each trade. Yeah, I mean, you guys had a lot of good ones. We had uh, the last one today, Riot. Uh, we ended up with a uh, just over two percent. Uh, but really that had nothing to do with you guys. It's more the trading platform that I use, which is Robinhood, which I'm moving everything over to Weeble. And this is not a commercial for Weeble. So it's just the fact that they let you start trading at 4 a.m. Yeah. And, and at 8 a.m. at night. And I see a great advantage on it, especially this morning because we lost an additional, like just over a hundred dollars. On that trade, so yeah, I mean that's a significant amount of money, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah. uh, but other than that, uh, the experience—I mean, it wasn't bad. Uh, there's a few times we went back and forth trying to get things uh, uh, in the correct order, uh, but I overall I thought it went pretty good. I mean, do, do you think it would have been smoother if you had Weeble? Well, that good question. Yes, because uh, again, being able to uh, there was also, I think, uh, maybe two or three times you would text it, hey, um, to trade after hours. And it was after six o'clock, right at six, and Robin Hood wouldn't do it. So, yeah, again, you're missing I believe, out. Yeah, yeah, you're missing out. Exactly. So, I, I, you know, that's why I'm trying to move everything over to that. I just figured I'd wait till all this was over with, and then we'll continue and just move over to Weed. Right. Brandon, you use TD Ameritrade. What do you think of uh, their platform? Do they have that extended hours longer than uh, Robinhood? It's 7 a.m. most of the time, but if there's earnings or uh, big news, then um, they'll offer 4 a.m. for that particular security. So really? Parts of 7 but you still get to trade till 8 p.m. Gotcha, gotcha. So, I mean, I mean... It sounds like everybody's better than Robinhood. Why is anybody <laughs> still using Robinhood? I don't know. You know, Robinhood, they mm-hmm. uh, they kind of led the charge with retail trading and payment for order flows. But then everybody else picked up on that same trend. Prior to Robinhood, if you guys remember, you used to have to pay for pre-market and after-hours access. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Robin Hood gave you up to six o'clock and then, uh, you know, nine to nine thirty for free. But all of these other companies have moved into that territory. They're doing the same things and they're doing it better. And, and I think one other thing, 
<clears throat> Brandon, is that Robinhood, they'll give me a $1,000 instant credit. Yeah. And then deduct it from my bank account. So that was the other feature, that, the first feature that drew me to them. Yeah. Uh, where the other platforms don't do that. So, But I think I'm willing to trade that out in order to get those four extra, uh, five, what, eight extra hours of trading? Yeah. Yeah, well, TD Ameritrade does give you instant credit now. Uh, oh, do that because I had them before. Yeah, um, I think so. If you if you're gonna deposit money, and then usually it's like a three day settling uh time frame that you have to wait for that money to go in, and you're talking about the instant credit they give you. I think that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah. So what he, he yeah. yeah he's talking yeah. about the instant deposit. Like if he just mm -hmm. wanted to uh, lower his cost basis and he was already all in. You could do an instant one thousand yeah. dollars in. So right. I actually, I actually did this uh, the other day. I put some money into TD Ameritrade, and it was instantly available. Okay. So yeah, Ooh. I remember that. I remember with Scott Trade having to wait three to five business days. Oh, Scott Trade, <laughs> you're bringing back memories there, buddy. <laughs> memories there, Lehman Brothers. No. Um. <laughs> so yeah, back back mm -hmm. to this experiment here uh mark i think we did we have a good average was it like five percent a week but that was our goal i don't think we oh, quite yeah. hit it i think we, we hit it most weeks not most every weeks, week yes sir. yeah yeah most weeks you you'd hit it uh the weeks you didn't was three percent i mean i'm still happy with three yeah, percent a week all right you know i'm making money you know prefer five prefer ten but hey three Think about that. Four times a, a month, that's still 12% a month. Yeah. And, and like, you know, and I always say, you know, mutual funds and, and hedge funds will, you know, a bit, the best mutual funds out there is going to give you what, 15% a year? Maybe. And, and if, yeah. if I could teach somebody to do 15% a month on their own, then, then they, they don't need a financial institution anymore and they could just do this on their own and learn how to do this. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I really wanted to try and see if we could do this with, with you, Mark. You know, if, if we could do this. One of our frustrations is, I mean, for me, I'll speak for myself here, is trying to text you. And then I don't know if you got that text or, you know, you replied like an hour later. I, you know, and I was saying by then, an hour ago. And, you know, and that was part of the hard part about doing the text messaging. You know, I, I don't know if there's a workaround for that if you're trying to help someone make money. You know, really, I, I don't. I don't think there is. I mean, you can email, you can put it on your Instagram account. Well, it's just it, when you're busy, you're busy. When you're busy, you're busy, and, and no one's going to have time. The type of work that I do, yeah, a lot of times my hands being a tile setter or whatever is just a mess, you know. But again, it worked out. We made it work. Yeah, I don't think we really. On those delays, lost that much, okay, or anything at all. I mean, there might have been one or two times it didn't work, but you know, again, guys, thirty-one trades, twenty-six wins, five losses is not bad. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> over eighty percent. Yeah, I, I, I'm happy with eighty percent. I know people <laughs> in the past I paid five thousand dollars for and got a fifty percent. And that's what I was going to ask you about next because I know your your past experiences, right? I know that you've 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 paid the five thousand, the three thousand to join these trading and investment groups and everything. And my question is, how would you compare us to your experience with them? 
And you can even call them out by name right now if you want to. But how would you compare us <laughs> to them? More consistent. Okay. More, more consistent in your in your wins. And again, you guys aren't trying to hit the home runs. You're believing in the old baseball term of steady base hits. Yep. You know, hey, if we get that one home run, fantastic. That's icing on the cake. But I, I am happy with the three to five percent a week. I see that. Most po- people may say, oh man, that isn't enough. You know what? I had times where I had that three to five percent with them and that, you know, they still wouldn't put out a sell thing, you know, and then all of a sudden it would tank. Yep. And then, okay, it's hold on, hold on. Well, no, you also got to realize when to cut your losses. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I don't mean I prefer not to name any names, but, uh, they did it the same way you guys did. They would text you, and they would also email you. Okay. So, but uh, other than that, I'm... Do, do you think... All right, so here's my next question. Sorry, Brandon. If you have a question, let me know, Brandon. I feel like I'm monopolizing the whole time here. Well, you're fine. Um, my next question then is, uh, do you feel like you've learned how to trade a little bit on your own now and feel more confident in you making decisions now versus yeah. three months ago? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Do you kind of do you kind of yeah. see kinda, what we kind of see what you guys your pattern your routine what you're looking for, et cetera. Yeah, and yeah. to me, I mean, Brandon and I, uh, uh, we talked a few days ago, and and like right before show, we had a couple of minutes while I was waiting for Mark to show up here. But you know, that's always the goal is not to do the trades for you guys, but to teach you how to trade. So that you guys can do this on your own and not be reliant upon somebody. We want people to be independent. We want to right. teach you how to be financially independent and find these wins on your own. And that's that's why we go into detail about how I came up with this. And Brandon goes into detail about finding out about that Japanese pension fund that was moving U.S. markets. <laughs> I mean, that was amazing that he found. I mean, I bring that up because it was amazing he did that research, but he was sharing it with everybody that this is what this is what I found when I did a little bit of research. Brandon, thoughts? Yeah, and it's uh, still the interest rates are still weird right now. But that's because <laughs> other funds from other when when they were selling the U.S. Treasuries, the uh, other uh, other funds from around the world were picking them up, and so that's why we saw uh, another decrease in interest rates over time, and why we're still below one point five percent right now. Plus, people were a little afraid of this Omicron variant, and they went into treasuries when they shouldn't have, probably, uh, because they were afraid and they they were scared the stock market was going to crash. But and we we called it on the show last week. We said it's not, guys. This is this is not, this is going to be very short lived. Yeah. Um. That's that's the term we use, and we said use it as an opportunity to buy value, strong companies, not just any company. Don't just throw your money out there, but find value, strong companies. You know, and, and, but the whole point, Mark, and I, I think you'll agree is that, you know, we're trying to show people that this 5% a week is, is your goal. And if you can make that your goal and you hit that goal, you're going to end up becoming wealthy and financially secure. And, and most people don't believe us when Brandon and I sit there and tell you we can do it and we can show you how to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's why we really wanted you on the show. Like you, your, your proof that, that we could, we could do this with other people and we could, we could show you. And teach you how we came up with these things and what and what we were thinking when we did these things, and hopefully it's gotten you to a good point, Mark. What do you What do you think? Well, there was a reason why they did call me the moronic investor <laughs> the first time I was on the show. <laughs> but 
But uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, looking at P ratios and and charts and it, it helps out. It definitely helps out when you have somebody that can guide you and, and teach you these things. I mean, there's, and you guys are, are good teachers. There's no doubt about it. Um, again, your track record in the past few months has shown. Again, 31 out 31 trades, 26 wins and five losses. Yeah. And, you know, the Reds would like to have that record, right? right. Now, 31 games, right? I mean, yeah. again, I've paid more money to people and got way worse results, half that result. And those are professionals. They work on Wall Street. Quote unquote day. professionals. Right, right. So. Yeah. Sometimes I think they're paid to mislead people. So they'll tell you to buy and buy and buy, and then something's diving and 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 losing you money, and they're telling you to hold it. But sometimes I think they're telling you to hold it because they're trying to offload their positions. Yeah, that's what I feel too, as well. It's a possibility, and then then again, maybe this is their other way of making income is yeah. you know getting subscriptions because you you know they put you into that either yearly subscription or a monthly subscription, so they got that cash flow coming in at all times. One of the first trades that we made was that loss on DD. And I, I want to bring that up because a lot of traders, when they get that first loss, or, you know, especially if it's double digits, because that was a pretty big loss at the time for us, they'll go back into their next trade thinking about making up that money or thinking right. about their last loss. And if you watch the NFL, the great quarterbacks, if they throw an interception, they don't go into the next drive thinking about that past interception. No, that's the past. You move forward, you know. Um, so we didn't let that get us down. I don't think we, uh, we just moved forward and we made up for it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. But that's going to happen. You're going to have periods of underperformance and you're going to make a bad trade every once in a while. You just have to move on from it. And again, it's, it's limiting that loss. Yep. You know, having a cutoff sticking to that. If it's 3%, it's 3%. If it's 5%, it's 5%. It's whatever you can handle and making sure that. You stick to that plan, mm -hmm. you know. I'm reading his notes here, and he's got some good notes here to say patterns, price, and volume. <laughs> and, and I'm like, okay, okay, I like that. I like because as a see, I'm a day trader, and as a day trader, I look at volume. That's key to me because I want to be able to go in and out and have enough buyers and sellers that I can move in and out. So for me, volume is key. Um, patterns, you know, I, I, I do channel stocks a lot, like cooler. Mm -hmm. Oh know, yeah. I, I get people to channel cooler <laughs> all the time. Cooler is definitely a heavy, uh, channel stock, but there's other ones that have been the riot, right? You could channel if you follow Bitcoin well enough, you can, you can channel right. I wrote an article about it and posted it to the website, guys, how I found right and, you know, why, how I was, uh, channeling it at that time. At that time, it was between 50 and 60 bucks a share too. So right now, I mean, it's between what it's averaging twenty five forty somewhere in that range. So it's even a it's even a, a good channel if you could time it correctly for that one. So I mean, there's there's a lot of things for day trading that you you might be able to do. But I, I know all in all, I think it was a great experience. I think Brandon and I learned a lot as to what to expect when you're trying to text someone and at, at certain times of what to trade, what to trade, how much to trade, what, what percentage. Uh, Cost basis, lowering your cost basis became a term that was in text messages now that it shows up in my quick phrases. <laughs> Lower cost basis. Um, 
but uh, you know, it's 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 about being smart, and I, I think we were smart and and we were safe, and we just had a, a solid goal of five percent a week, and we tried to hit that. And and like you said, um, holding some back, going in three quarters, and holding that quarterback to lower dollar cost average, which you know on uh, this last one, right, it worked out perfectly. It's what we did, right. You know. Yeah, I always think back, uh, and it's sorry, I always bring this up because it reminds me of a time when I've traded with Mark in the past, and every time it seems like we, we've, it, it, I think a Return of the Jedi. So we're Han Solo and Luke Skywalker. <laughs> but they wake up Han Solo, they bring him before Job of the Hut, and like Luke shows up, and he's he's in in chains, and Han and Luke look at each other, and uh, and uh, Han's like, "How we doing?" Luke says, "Same as always," and he's like, "That bad, huh?" <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it is every time you first, I first get into a stock it seems like it drops right away but then it ends up doing what I knew it would do eventually and it moves forward and I yeah. make money and so it's it just you got to be prepared for that drop you got to be prepared to lower that cost basis and, and and have some money set aside for that don't go all in right away uh, there's a few times I've done that but I was 100% confident when I told Mark to do that I was 100% there was no doubt in my mind, I was I was right, and uh, it turned out to be all right. So, Brandon, final thought on the on the experiment and Mark and any anything to take away from this? Well, a lot of the times when you're picking up a trade, you're picking up you know a stock that's that's you know maybe on the short term it's it's down a little bit, and you have to remember that support's not it's not a it's not a concrete floor. It's more of, of like a pillow, you know. So you can have those continuous decreases even after it, you know, hits that support level. But if you've got a good catalyst or if you're reading the charts right, you're going to be correct about it if you know what you're doing 75 to 80% of the time. And what Mark was talking about limiting those losses. So if you're winning eight out of 10 times, you just have to make sure that the two times you lose, you don't lose all the things you want, you know, all the money that you want. And um, so if you have that math in your favor where you figured it out, this is the percentage that I want my stop loss at. This is the percentage that I think I'm going to make. Uh, and you really all you have to do is win six out of ten times. And then you're making money in the end. And the better you are at it, the more likely you're going to hit that three to five percent. And it just takes experience and it takes uh, takes getting some intuition and, and uh, learning a little bit of basics about charts. You don't have to get crazy about it like i see like some crazy chart patterns that really don't exist and people just made up in their mind just find you know a couple of different um basic chart patterns and basic indicators that all work together and that will match your strategy and you'll be good nice. you really only need three or four things that you're looking at it doesn't have to be super complicated even though i i've seen your charts brandon they i i i can't understand them. <laughs> I haven't said that. I know. Hey, more complicated have... than they are. I mean, I'm only using Keltner channels, Bollinger Bands, the RSI, and the MACD. So only four things. So having said that, I know you have some uh, things you want to go over from today, some picks. And, and in fact, I think you have a pick for us today. I do. So go ahead. Let's let's transition into that. I think we're done with Mark. Mark. You know, we appreciate the experiment. We hope we've gotten a lot out of it. We know we did. Um, but I want to hear what Brandon's pick is for the day. So, okay. So this is mostly based on fundamentals here. 
and I want to buy AIG. And I bought some a little bit in the after hours today. And we can maybe post the chart on this too on uh, the Instagram because there's some good technical indicators here as well. We were we were kind of channeling down on AIG for the past week, and we just broke up above that channel. But we can post that chart. I can send it to Dave, and he can put it on the Instagram as well. But this is mostly a play on the fact that I still think interest rates should rise. I mean, every economic theory says that interest rates should rise, and Fed, the Federal Reserve is going to raise interest rates sometime next year, so then they lead the charge on this. Um, Mark actually texted us earlier today and was talking about the bank stocks and stuff like that. You know, I think you mentioned Goldman Sachs, which I think is best of breed. And it's kind of trade, you can trade it out between JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs. But a lot of the bank stocks have already priced in the interest rates because people have been expecting it for a long time. But insurance companies that have to keep a lot of cash around, but then they can also put it in cash equivalents to make sure that they get some sort of return out of it. So there's a lot of bond investing, a lot of treasury investing with insurance companies. So when interest rates start to rise, they'll benefit from it. AIG, so if we want to look for a value uh, company here, and AIG's PE is around eight, and given the large influx of cash via stimulus, it's normal to see the trailing 12 months PE in these kind of stocks be lower on financials and insurance than the forward PE is, and that's because their earnings for the last 12 months are greatly inflated by the amount of cash that they've received, uh, mostly from stimulus. But the forward PE for AIG is still around 10. So that's still low and it's still in value territory. The price to book ratio here is 0.7. That's below one, which is, and once again, it's in value territory. Earnings here are expected to grow by over 60% in the next five years, which is huge. So you can kind of see the disconnect between the low price to earnings ratio of eight and large expected earnings increase over the next five years, even if you go a conservative route, discount that by 10%, maybe even take it as low as uh, you know 54%, which is what it would be if you discount that earnings growth over the next five years, 10%, then that would take the earnings growth to 54%. Still big. Earnings have grown over 500% in the last year where the stock has only gained 37% year to date. Plus. You can pronounce AIG a lot better than I can pronounce Allegheny. Or Allegheny? You still can't do it. You still can't do it. So I like I like AIG better than I do Allegheny here because it's actually a better value play. It's traded down to a lower price-to-earnings ratio and a lower price-to-book ratio. I like the expectations, uh, the earnings going over 60% over the next five years. I actually think that if we have normalized interest rates, if the 10-year did wander around to that mid 2.5%, uh, maybe even 3% range in the next five years, this stock could actually grow to be a $300 uh, stock. And right now we're trading in the mid-50s. So okay. yeah, that, it's still, and, and what's, what's very crazy to me right now, the least speculative asset has usually been the 10-year treasury. Right now it's so speculative that it's crazy. So if we may not get there, I don't know. We should. Every economic theory says that we should, but we may not. So we'll see what happens. I'm keeping this. I'm not going all in on AIG here. I'm, I'm keeping this as a portion of my portfolio. 
with Berkshire Hathaway to play on his insurance. Yeah, okay. I got a couple of questions, and I just want to make this clear for everybody listening. Um, you're saying AIG is going to move up because of the raise in interest rates because AIG has to keep some of its money in cash or, quote-unquote, cash oh, equivalent, wow. according to the government, which is a bond. Yeah. And because when interest rates go up, the interest rate on the bonds that, that they pay back to yeah. the people who buy them, they get more money. They go up. They typically go up as well. So you're you're thinking that in an environment where interest rates are going to keep going higher, you should see you should see some more long term growth in AIG. My my question is like, what type of bonds are they buying, and is there a chance of default on these bonds? There shouldn't be. There's so many laws and regulations now after the 2008 2007 housing crash that AIG. Uh, made its uh, name for and, and very negative uh, connotation. Yeah, the government owned sixty percent of it at that yeah. time. So now, now there's so many laws and regulations that that should prevent that from happening. Uh, to be a hundred percent honest with you, at this moment in time, I have no idea which bonds they actually do own. But seeing that the earnings are expected to grow over sixty percent in the next five years is what sold me on the stock. Right. I, I love that earnings. I love the fact that you said the earnings have already grown 500% and it's only moved 40%. Um, that to me is a, a good buy value opportunity as well. I, I agree with you on that mm-hmm. based on everything that you've told us. Yeah. Let's, let's go over our calls from last week. We, we, got, we uh, you know, we got, got a little bit of time. Let's go over some sure. calls. So last week I put out an Omicron scare buy list. Uh, Procter and Gamble, Disney, Facebook, Meta, whatever. Uh, Apple, Netflix, Delta. And I said, if you're going to do this, you want Apple or Netflix. You, you, you would do one or the other. And Dave, you, you actually picked Apple out of this, but you said that, um, you were going to short it at its, um, re- at, at where it was Tuesday of last week. And here's the crazy thing about this that we both wound up being right because <laughs> Apple. And and this is one of those ways that me and you we we both work when we put our minds together, Dave. There's I'm telling you, we can tell you what a chart's going to do because <laughs> it did. It traded down the next day, and it filled the gap that you were talking about, and yep. then right back up. Um, these results here that I'm using because most people are we, we put this uh this stock or this uh, podcast out on Monday nights and it's it's usually published at seven thirty or eight o'clock. Tuesday nights, I'm sorry. We put this podcast out on Tuesday nights, and it's usually pushed out about 7.30, 8 o'clock. So a lot of the times that I'm I'm giving calls, I'm basing it on what I see in Tuesday afternoon and what I think you should do Wednesday mornings, right? So we're, we're tracking this from Wednesday morning until today. And P&G was up around 4%. It was trading around its all-time highs. This thing never really dipped. It did a kind, It did a little bit, but this was... This was kind of expected to me. It's consumer staple, so people need it. People need the downy. People need the uh, uh, toothpaste, toilet paper. Yeah, the bounty and all that stuff. They need that stuff, so so they're going to go and buy it anyway. So it, you should be inflation with it. And at the same time, you know they've got Mister Clean and all. You know these are things that people are going to buy up, and buy off the shelves when they're scared of COVID. Uh, the next one here, Apple. This is now up about $7 per share or 4% when I mentioned it on this podcast. Um, it's now trading around its all-time high. 
like I said, Dave, you said you were going to short it at that point. You would be right to do so. You would have made money by the next day. Yeah, and hold on. If you actually Nobody listen to that podcast, I did. I, I'm sorry to talk over you here, but if you actually <laughs> listen to last week's podcast, I said that, look, yes, right. Apple will go up over time, but right now it's going to come back down from its highs at right now. And it was because it just gapped up too much too quickly. There's always that pullback at that moment in time. And, you know, you always have to know when it happens. Right. So you can see Dave, the day trader, and me, the swing trader at work. (laughs) (laughs) Two different styles, but they're successful. Right. Disney, I call Disney. That's up about 5.6%. Now, I made 3% on this trade, and I cut it. Um, I still like Disney as a long-term hold, but it really just didn't fit into my portfolio anymore after that. So I I, I got 3% on that, and I got out of it. But 5.6% from Wednesday till today on Disney. Facebook, um, this is up from $310.57 to $324, or around 4.14%. Netflix, is and Netflix, this was your least favorite, Dave, and you were right about this. This is essentially flat. Uh, it was 617.23, now it's 622.47 the last time I looked at it. There, there's no catalyst to move Netflix right now. I don't see anything. Subscriber growth is the only thing that will move that stocks significantly right now, and you only get that at earnings. Right. And so, right, I don't see any big news coming out that's going to drive Netflix. It already had its run up from COVID. It's it's right where it should be at, unless there's news that I'm missing. We've talked about the gaming that Netflix said it was going to come out with. I haven't seen that. I I haven't seen that. But you know what I have seen? I have seen ads for Amazon Gaming, and they have a game out on the market. Right. You know, and. and well, and this was one of the reasons why, too, I sold Disney at 3%. Netflix is the leader in streaming. They're going to be the leader in streaming for a long time, but everybody already knows that. And that's already priced into the stock. So it's not yeah. really a reason to buy Netflix right now either because it's not really at a value at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Delta is up from $3.54 a share to $38. This was a 11.73% gain. Dave, you said this was going to move up within the week. It, it for sure moved up within the week. And uh, we're right close to about where it was when we had this podcast uh, last week. So you, you were correct about that. It was down about $33.54 on Wednesday morning. Now it's around $38. Like I said, 11.73% gain. Berkshire Class B, um, I mentioned this too. This is up from $274 to 90, uh, and $0.92. To around $284 the last time I checked, around 3.19% gain. Apple and Meta platforms outperformed the technology sector. The technology sector was only up about 0.49% for the week. Uh, Disney and Delta outperformed travel, which was actually down around 10%. Procter and Gamble outperformed their consumer staple sector, which was only 1.29% for the week. And all except for Netflix outperformed the S&P 500 which was about 2.7% total for the week. You always got to beat the S&P, man. Yep. And that's all about, you know, you want to compare your stocks to the sector they're in. You're not going to buy a house without checking the house prices in the area. You should do the same thing with your stocks. So The comparables, yep. Yep. Exactly. Guys, listen at home, people listening, if you're working out or at work and you just put our podcast on, you know, we're not doing this to boast. We're doing this to, to show you that we've called these out to you. We we let you know about these. These are the ones we've we've called as picks. You know, we said they were going to be good. They said, or we or we said they were going to go down. Whatever our opinion was, 
you know, and we're trying to help you. And hopefully by us explaining why we came to this conclusion or how we came to this conclusion, you guys could come to those conclusions on your own and, you know, become wealthy and become financially stable on your own. And that's what we want for everyone. Yeah. Now, I would cut Delta. If you're 5 to 10% on that, I would cut it for sure. And you could cut any of these stocks at 5 to 10%. But the great thing about the stocks that I mentioned here, uh, minus Delta, a lot of these are, are also good to hold for the long term, too. Um, so if you don't want to sell them, that's fine. But I would definitely cut Delta. I mean, the airlines are just so competitive. Yeah. And, and so I, I know I, I mentioned to you just, in, I wasn't even going to bring it up right now, but you, you talked about airlines and, and competitive and the future of airlines. I mean, you, you alluded to it, right? Well, As to, uh, the, the strength. And I talked to you this past weekend how I, I downloaded the Wheels Up app and I was looking into that. You know, why am I looking into these private charter planes apps and, and the cost of these? And it's because I don't want to deal with the hassle of the airlines. Yeah. I don't want to deal with the hassle of commercial flying, man. If, if, if I could sit around and I could make, you know, X amount of dollars every week, uh, stock trading. And you, you think about what you spend for your family when you guys go on fly off to somewhere. It's usually about two to three weeks worth of pay, right? Right. But if I could do that same amount and just charter a plane, why do I want to sit next to somebody I don't know and breathe and deal with all that TSA? I could just charter a plane and say, later, guys, I'll, I'm going to the airport. When's your flight? Well, they'll leave when I get there because it's my plane. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, but, with, with the way the prices are, you can get a flight today from Cincinnati to Orlando for $87 round trip. That's great yeah. for us, but it's not very good for the airlines. It's not good for the airlines. And that's, you know, the, that's this is what I'm talking about. I, I want to start looking. I haven't looked a whole lot into it, into private charters, and if there's a way, if any of these are listed as, as available to purchase, because I believe that private charters is going to pick up. There's going to be more and more people uh, heading that way. They just came out with one. I forget the name of it. Because I wasn't going to bring this up, and I don't have any notes written down on this, I'm going all off the top of my head here. But there was a company that just came out about four or five months ago, and on they're on the East Coast. And once you're a member, you could literally book a private charter from, say, Cincinnati to Florida for like just eight thousand bucks. It's not much, and, and, and people are going to be willing to pay that just so they don't have to deal with airports and and other other consumers. Yeah, and so it it's getting cheaper. Private charters are getting cheaper, and that's where I believe I want to start looking to invest some funds in. You gotta find see if anybody's got that market cornered, right? <laughs> I always see on CNBC the the Bagget, uh, that one guy uh, from uh, Shark Tank. What's his uh, what's his name? Not Mister Wonderful, but the guy who always sits next to Mister Wonderful. Oh. Not more. Yeah. It's uh. Yeah. I, oh, I know. What yeah. You're anyways, doing. that guy, he's got his own budget, so one flight, and, and that's <laughs> that's his. But no, yeah, I, I think that's where it's going as far as uh, commercial flights are are going to be. You know, like how people look at the bus nowadays, mm-hmm. and so that that's where we're going to be headed as a society for sure. 
And then how much money are you going to have to spend on your vacation with groceries going well, up? Well, hopefully that's only, like I said, two to three weeks worth of pay. So hopefully yeah. we've gotten, you've listened to Chinchilla Picking and you've traded your money up enough to be successful to have that. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I tell you what, inflation's not going away. I mean, Procter & Gamble has announced that their uh, price ups are not going to be incomplete. Um, they're not going to be complete until mid-January. So you're going to continue to see price increases on the groceries uh, when you go grocery shopping. And uh, those prices may not actually hit us until mid-February. I used to work at a company um, as a sales support guy, and I was in part responsible for implementing price changes and for planning price changes for the store as well. And it can take months. It can take months for these prices to hit the grocery. So I don't think we're actually, um, I don't think we're through this yet. And I don't think we've even seen the worst of it. When suppliers raise their prices on, um, on goods, that can often be months after the prices went up on the suppliers themselves because the suppliers have contractual obligations with the retailers that they work with. So they have to wait for those contracts to run out before they can raise their prices. So they'll see inflation on on um, durable goods and, and on um, like wood and steel and so on. They'll see those prices go up, but then they can't transfer those prices onto the retailers that they work with until their current contracts are up. So then they'll transfer those prices. Then the retailers have to decide whether or not they want to actually pass those price increases down to the consumers also. So this is this is a process that can take months to play out. And I, I don't think that we're through this yet. Those Procter & Gamble price changes that are happening, uh, and that won't be complete until mid-January, we won't see those prices probably till mid-February because by the time it gets to the retailer, then what the retailer has to do, make that decision. Do we want to pass this down to the consumer? Can we afford to do so? Is uh, is there too much competition in this sector to where we'll lose out on market share if we raise our prices? Do we want to take the losses or do we want to pass them down? Then once they decide if they want to pass them down to the consumers or not, then they have to plan it. They have to say, this is how much we're going to raise our product prices by. This is the staffing needs that the store is going to have to have to implement these price changes so that customers don't go into the store and see a $34.99 price and then get to the cashier and then all of a sudden it's $39.99 instead. There's a lot of planning that has to go into this and it can take months to do. Um, and then beyond that, if you have a supply constraint, you know, most, most markdowns happen because you're overstocked. You you have more stock than you know what to do with, so you have to mark it down to to get it to move to get it out of the building. But if you have a supply constraint, you're not going to mark things down as much. So we may actually wind up seeing more inflation in January and in February as consumers than we have in the past six months. It's it's crazy to think about that you know the 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 thing the actions that are happening right now won't affect us for another six months. Right. But I mean, it's the reality, it's the reality of the world we live in. And we'll see it then. And people are still going to be talking about it because it's still going to be heading them. So definitely 
definitely something to think about and think about how to invest in going forward. Maybe we'll talk about that next week. Yep. All right, Brandon. Um, good company, we'll go good balance sheets at good values <laughs> all the time. Uh, consumer discretionaries right now, they're, they're kind of getting hit. They're, they're, they're way underperforming the rest of the market because people are afraid that uh, consumers won't have enough money to go out and buy consumer discretionaries. So your, your consumer staples, um, your quality tech companies that have great gross margins like Apple, those should be safety plays. Yeah, yeah. It, Apple, I, actually, I don't know if you call Apple a safety play. I like it pur- purely because I believe Apple is going to keep expanding and growing mm-hmm. in their services. Uh, T-Mobile recently just gave me Apple Apple TV for free for a year, so I'm trying it out. I see why people like it. There's some shows on it and movies on there that are kind of cool, but, you know, I mean, it's it's. I see growth in Apple, and that's why I like it. I don't know if I would call it a, uh, a safety safety play. So let me give you a tech safety play. Meta, Meta platforms, Amazon Meta platforms, Meta platforms. Yeah, well, yes, Meta platforms. Yes, we're looking at something that has a low enough price to earnings ratio, and a tech company that has enough cash on hand to where rising interest rates aren't going to hurt their multiples. And it may actually, like, if you have a tick up to the two percent, two and a half percent on the ten-year rate, that may actually hurt even Apple's multiples. But Apple, at the same time has $93 billion in free cash flow coming next year. That's crazy. I know. They could just buy a whole other company that's worth $50 billion. Yeah. It's crazy. All right. Yeah, final thoughts, Brandon. Go ahead. Thanks, Mark, for coming on the show. Hey, I, I appreciate your guys' help. It was uh, it was fun. And uh, it's a good experience. You guys' theory has been proven with consistency. Even when we disagree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those were some good texts at times. <laughs> Had me laughing. But uh it, it, it I, got, a- I got us out of that uh that NVIDIA <laughs> trade when we were day trading NVIDIA and I think we only made like one percent on it or something like that. Dave was like, Don't buy it, don't buy it, don't buy it and we got out right before it broke down. And you guys had already bought it, but I didn't see the text. I didn't see the text message for like an hour. So by the time I saw it, I was like, no, what are you doing? Don't worry. I remember that. <laughs> uh, oh, my goodness. It, yeah. was, it was a good time. Yeah. Well, Anything you want to say to someone listening who might be thinking if, if Dave and Brandon can really help them, if this show can help them? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you guys can help. Um, you know, again, it's it's – trying to get somebody into that mindset with you guys. Again, these guys get a barrage of of, uh, of advertisements, you know, hey, make 200% on this and, you know, 100% on this, 1,000% when, you know, they don't realize. Those are, man, that's once in a blue moon where base hits, as you always say, is the game. Yeah. Just, just... Consistent base hits. And again, uh, I think the way most of these companies make money is by advertising to people to get them to join their subscription. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, again, you guys have performed a lot better, way better. I know you're upset with your uh, five losses. <laughs> I, I hated the five losses, but, but no, uh, I, I'll take that anytime. Absolutely. You guys did a great job, and I appreciate it. Yep. 
uh, thank you, Mark. I appreciate you uh, trusting us with your money <laughs> and us texting you uh, advice uh, for free. By the way, uh, for free, guys. We did not charge Mark at all. We did this all for free. We do we do everything for free. But uh, I appreciate you trusting us and giving us an opportunity and and, and just to show what we have and bring you on and, and you talk about what we did and hopefully someone learns some of this and takes something from this. And that's what we want. We want people to learn to grow. Mm-hmm. If you want us guys to come to you, uh, your, your college university or speak with your facility, reach out to us, DM us on Instagram. We'll get back to you. Uh, you can email Brandon, Brandon Beaver at chinchillapicking.com. He always checks that email. Uh, and you can just reach out to us and we will, we will definitely, see uh or make that work and somehow get out to you guys and get and give a talk and, and explain how to make money uh invest in the safe and, and consistent way because if you're consistent over time two to three years you'll you'll hit it and you'll be just fine you just got to be consistent with it brandon any final final thoughts you want to lead us out with that's all i got all right guys as always we hope we've been entertaining educational and uplifting because we want everyone to make money have a good night if you've listened to our podcast before you know that we are good friends with the money vikings and we think that they have a lot of good knowledge and uh i mean just a wealth of knowledge to offer Uh, about 60 years worth of knowledge and trading experience between the three between greg bob and jerry Now, I have some good news for you, because they have announced a premium program. It's the Money Vikings MVP premium content, okay? And I have to tell you this right now, if if you are new to the market, you have got to have somebody to mentor you through it, because 75% of all new market entrants will lose all of their money in the first year. And you have to have somebody that will guide you through it to to prevent you from making these mistakes that most people do. And with this MVP access, this premium content, you will get direct access to Greg, Bob, and Jerry on Discord. That's the most important feature of this program in my opinion they do also have access well they will give you access to other things such as hot trades weekly newsletters technical analysis hey it's ad free that's cool too right guides and tutorials tools and custom technical indicators exclusive analytics and informative articles and then As I said, exclusive direct access to Greg, Jerry, and Bob, who have over 60 years of experience between them. Now, if you listen to this podcast, you need to get a pencil, and you need to get a paper, and you need to write this down, because you get 25% off. Once you go to moneyvikings.com and you sign up, you'll... You'll get to enter in this code. It's capital T-M-V-P-1-C-K-1-N-S. That is all capital T-M-V-P-1-C-K. 
K1NS. An easy way to remember that is TMV Pickens, but the one replaces the I. So go to moneyvikings.com, claim your discount for being a Chinchilla Picking Podcast listener, and conquer your financial freedom.